Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and John Duke is with me. You can follow us on Twitter. Celtic Stuff Live is at CSL underscore Tweet Live. I'm at CSL underscore Justin, and John is at CSL underscore Duke. And John... It's the off season, so you know we're all starved for information. The good news is they're shortening things, so just got to get through a few nuggets. We're doing the show every other week until we get to media day and things really kick off. But we do have a few topics. We've got uh, one final contract signing, so we've got another two-way player on the books. New uniforms for the Celtics with some branding on it as well as uh, venting. Yeah, some venting. (laughs) The schedule, we know three of the 70, well, we know three of the 82 games, 79 remaining that we're going to hear about here probably this upcoming week. Marvin Bagley will announce his decisions for the upcoming season, where he's going to play collegiately, if at all. Uh, senior, uh, junior that may be able to essentially forego his senior season by taking summer classes, although he's just as old as the rest of the incoming freshmen. And the Kyrie Irving drama gets a little bit of a boost relative to the Celtics because David Griffin throws out the possibility that Kyrie, that the Celtics would be on Kyrie's short list. So all those things keep us motoring along with Celtic stuff live, but we have hit that that time, I guess, in the in the off season where really from now until a month from now, it's uh, information starved time, and we'll probably all convince ourselves that the Celtics are a sixty five win team between now and, and October, right? <laughs> <laughs> 63 but who's counting no that <laughs> no you're right it's the time the time it you know we were talking about this before the show or well the thing is is that you know that the summer seems to go longer and longer now with all the news and information and then on the other end you've got you know they've moved the season up so it, Eventually they're going to overlap, I think, and I'm not sure how we're going to deal with all that. I'm sure we'll deal with it just fine, quite frankly, but it's interesting just to see how this has all evolved. And, you know, there is, uh, you know, luckily we're at the end of that season of some, I think, uh, certainty in terms of what the roster will be, although we'd love to have some sort of unexpected trade for, say, Anthony Davis. That would be great, uh, but Barring that. Everybody loves uh, an unexpected Anthony Davis trade. (laughs) (laughs) There isn't anybody who isn't loving that. I don't care who's included in the package. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we're, I think we're, we're at a point now where we have a good sense of where, who's going to be on the team. We know three games. And about other than that, we know they're going to, we should, this should be a playoff team. They should make a deeper on the playoffs. Other than that, there's still a lot left to be determined. Yeah, and they've definitely made a lot of changes to essentially the structure of the preseason to allow for more international travel games. Uh, obviously, the Celtics did Mexico, but now they're going to go over the pond. They're going to play in London on January 11th. So mm-hmm. I have a feeling that international spread and, and they're really trying to get players 
out and about, plus reducing the number of back-to-backs. Obviously, fatigue became to, yeah. uh, came to be a much bigger issue in outside of the media. It was almost like the media was aware of it and the players were aware of it, but you really didn't hear anybody talking about it during the regular mm-hmm. season. This year it was really elevated in terms of the awareness mm-hmm. and the league obviously responding very quickly with some changes. So they shortened the preseason. Uh, they start the season a little bit sooner. Speaking of which, as far as the schedule's related, Celtics will kick it off against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We don't know what the Cleveland roster is going to look like because that seems to be still in a little bit of flux, but they will be kicking it off against the team that they faced in the Eastern Conference Finals last spring. That's, that's exciting. That's going to be an exciting night. To, to, I, I'd love to see it in Boston, frankly, to be able to welcome Gordon Hayward to Boston, you know, that opening night, just like in 2008 with KG. It was, you know, I was able to go to that game and this the feeling in that arena was just stupendous. This, this, I mean, the, the Gordon Hayward signing is not KG. I think we all agree with that, but. There is just there's a groundswell here of feeling like, hey, we've got something here in Boston, and I think we feel like we're ready to make a run and make a run at Cleveland, make a run to the finals potentially, and to be able to do that in in Boston on opening night would have been great. To have to go to Cleveland, yeah, I'm not so excited about that to be quite honest, and especially especially if they move Kyrie Irving. What do you learn? You know, they're still going to be trying to figure out their situation. Boston's still trying to figure out itself. I, yeah, I think even it's if nothing happens early on, no matter what. That's right. And even if they don't make a decision on Kyrie Irving, they're still going to be figuring themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also love it to be in Boston. Something tells me, though, that of the three games that were announced, that one probably is going to be on the road, and they were in the finals. So, yeah. essentially, it's who has the uh, who has the clout. Who got the farthest? They're the ones that get uh, uh, catered to, essentially. So you look at the three games. The Celtics get a home game on Christmas Day against the Wizards, which first time ever, first time ever, and a little bit of bad blood between those two teams. Not to mention now we have twin brothers that are going to be battling against each other on Christmas. Like that just doesn't sound fair to the family, right? But I know. Regardless. I think because that Christmas Day announcement and it's a home game, and then obviously London is a home game for Philly, but nobody is actually going to be home, I think this uh, opening night game is definitely going to be uh, in Cleveland. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that's, you know, you're right. They, they were going to try to give Cleveland the home game no matter what. Um, uh, truthfully, of all of them, I'm probably most excited about the Christmas Day game. Not because, you know, I think there's something special about Christmas Day games. In fact, I think in the history of the Celtics playing on them, really since 08, because I don't, I don't think, well, okay, let's say since 08, because I think it became a thing around that time, the Christmas Day game. I don't recall there being like, I remember seeing, remember Bulls and, and the Lakers and, and Pistons and teams playing on Christmas Day, but it wasn't like built up to this thing that it is now, you know, and I think, that this, uh, in, in the modern day incarnation of the Christmas Day games, we have multiple games and everything's going and, um, they try to make it the marquee matchup for the NBA on that day. This is, this is really the first time that I can recall, or I should say all the times the Sulks have been involved prior to this. It's always been a downer, to be honest. It's, it's always been, they played the early game or they played, you know, when they played the Lakers that year, it was not, it was not the best of competition. It just seems like it's a weird day. So I'm a, that one's always hard for me, but I feel like be, it being Washington, <laughs> Boopgate, uh, you know, the whole thing, um, those teams don't like each other. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of people are going to be, uh, you know, with family, probably boozing up by that point in time. And by the time you get to 5 o'clock and that game tips off, all bets are off. In the Marcus, in the Marcus and, uh, Markeith Morris's families and all of our families, they're all going to be maybe coming to blows by that point in time of the night. Well, who really knows? I, you could almost see maybe they set aside their diff. No, that won't happen. So I nope. think what, I think <laughs> what's so bizarre about it to me, or no, one unfortunate thing for me is the fact that even though I live in Pennsylvania, the Wizards are a blackout date for me. So oh. I will not be able to watch this game on League Pass. And then you even think about home? even if it's away. 
Yeah. No, it's blackout if it's in market for either team. But it's ridiculous that we skip over the entire state of Maryland and go about 30 miles into Pennsylvania, and it's still a blackout game. that'll be an ABC game. It's not blackout on ABC. You're right. I will be able to see it. Yes. Thank go. goodness, because all the all the Philly games and all of the Wizards games, like I get doubly, you know, banged oh, on man. that because wow. I get both. That's just not fair. It's not especially. Fair. And now that, but Philly's you're right, gonna, ABC. How did better. I forget? Well, I know, but but even still, that's a that's a that's a huge bummer right there to have that have to deal with that. And now that Philly's actually good, and the Washington Wizards are kind of, uh, you know, a, a rival of sorts. Not a real rival, but a, a rival of sorts. That's it's a real the youth rival. We have like the veteran rivalry is like Cleveland, yeah. and the youth rival yeah. is sort of Philadelphia, the yeah. up and coming group. And we'll see how that because you know Simmons <laughs> and Brown, and you know, so the whole Tatum and Fultz, it's all there. The makings of a future rivalry once Philly really takes off. The signing of Reddick for them also, I think, will. Will be a nice one. I think that'll space the floor yeah. a little bit, and 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 if they can keep their players healthy, you can see them not being dangerous, but maybe dangerous on any given night, just not not, not all nights of the season with the with the consistency that you know you would like to see. Um, so I I guess I don't get blacked out. The other thing I'd say, as far as like the blackout dates too, if we're talking off season topics, that NBA League Pass app or the NBA app. I'm really hoping, I know they transferred it to a different provider this year. I'm really hoping that they make some necessary improvements over the summer and really get that. I don't want to say back to where it was because I think there were some really good ideas for this app, but it just, it was clunky. It didn't work well. It got a little bit better by the end of the season, but I would love to see the NBA also take care of the fan base that isn't necessarily in their home market or is is willing to pay to see other teams and really smooth that out, that whole live streaming uh, thing. And the other thing that I did was that I went to an unlimited data plan with Verizon. So everything I stream to my phone is 100% like I don't have to worry about data. So I can play it on the road, in the air, you know, wherever. I don't have to worry about it. That was a big move, like even with Netflix for me, something I did over the summer really didn't bump up my bill all that much. So um, cool. I definitely need that NBA mobile app to, to stream proper for me. So we'll see. Proper. We'll see. How, proper. It needs to be proper. Gotcha. That's like an eighties rap. I was just gonna say. I know. If we're throwing back, I mean really we have a lot of time to kill all these shows in the off season. But last week we're talking about, you know, eight track tapes and oh I've there got, it is, a VHS. I have a VHS tape right here. Kids. <laughs> at YouTube. This is called a VHS tape right here. Anyway. That you you literally you were just waiting for that. that I just want everybody to know it's not scripted that you had a VHS tape right prop on hand. comic. That's great. That's great. All right, so I think we kind of got through all of the scheduling. I'll I'll really quickly remind everybody that you can follow the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media on Twitter, on Facebook, facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And you're going to see us on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. And not too long from now, we'll get the Garden Report as well. The Celtics Roundtable just doing a, a killer job. And uh, I also like B-Ball Breakdown with Coach Nick. That's been exciting, not only during the season, but the off season has been excellent. So lots of good content on the YouTube channel. Let's talk about... I don't know where you let's let's go to uniforms because this is kind of a big change and and not so much talking about the design of the uniforms but that GE logo and now we have the Nike swoosh is definitely adding uh I was going to say character I'm not sure that that's the right word John but it's adding something to the uniforms Yeah I well okay a couple things I'm I'm pretty excited about the Nike uniforms uh I think that Adidas Adidas brought the sleeve jerseys to us. So let's, let's start there. That, that's an abomination. Okay. So the sleeve jerseys, they're out. They're gone. So that's the best part of the Nike deal. Two, 
Nike's going to make some good stuff. They're going to make quality stuff. They're going to bring the the most um, you know up to date fabrics and 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 that stuff does matter. We're we're now in the sports science world. Fabrics and the things you wear impact how you play. And so, as and, much and effort- just to jump on that, the whole fatigue conversation. Yes. If if they're you know if they're overheating because of the uniforms, that will definitely contribute to to fatigue. Absolutely. So it all matters. All that stuff matters. And then, and then the other piece of it is, of course, now it's the logos, right? And that's the one thing everyone sees. Everyone's going to notice that Nike swoosh doesn't bother me at all. Okay. And I'd say probably 80% of all the logos, maybe even higher that I've seen on the other, on the other uh, shoulder, not a problem. The GE logo, not so much. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. it's like it's huge. It's so cute. It's 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 a lot of things. None of them are cute. But look, the only way I'm talking myself into the GE logo is that there is apparently some tie between G's sponsorship of the team, which is coming with G's move to Boston, which is a big deal. But also that G is kind of partnered with the Celtics and have them part of, you know, in terms of how they build this new sports science environment. And, and, you know, it seems like they're kind of, this is a way for Celtics to get some innovation perhaps uh, on the court, uh, off the court. And so, Listen, I can deal with a stupid logo if it means the Celtics are going to be better, or they're going to heal faster, or they're going to they're going to play better, or any of those things. I can get over the stupid logo for that. But what I would say is, really, of all the logos, that's the one that probably stands out the most. And I don't know if it's because we all love the Celtics and we all love the way the classic look of that Celtics uniform is, but that splotch, <laughs> blotch. It has their, everything their, to do with the yeah. It has everything to do with the shape of the logo, and the mm-hmm. size of it, and the styling of it. Because I I will tell you, the Nike swoosh would have gone unnoticed. Were it on its own on pants, yes. and it's also a brand that you see commonly. Like mm-hmm. like if you had the Under Armour logo, it would right. sort of blend in because you see it in people's apparel on a regular or daily basis. The GE logo. Is just not something you see on people's clothing. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. We're and we're used to it by looking at all the different, uh, all of the different uh, um, leagues out there that that are you know kind of out there doing their thing. I mean, whether it's you know soccer or football or um, you know they, they all have some sort of uh, you know way to look at these. I, I will say probably the Harley Davidson logo seems weird. On the on the Bucks logo, that's a little bit. That's one that's a little bit outside. But, but let's some, also agree that Harley is pretty freaking cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean Harley's yeah. cool. So but you, know, you forgive that. Like weird. when you think about GE, and I'm not trying to put GE down at all. Don't get me wrong. But Go when ahead. you talk Run about down. like sports, it just you know yeah. it it's it's just it's weird. And I but they do have a healthcare division. They are big in healthcare. So when sure. you talk about the sports science piece, it is definitely a fit. And so all of that makes sense. But, like, if you're mm-hmm. talking about from the fans' perspective, like, Harley has nothing to do with basketball, but it's pretty cool. And so that's the one thing I'll say about it. Harley is a cool brand. So if it looks awkward, you know, you're like, yeah, but it, it, it's Harley. It's like motorcycles. You know, when you're like, oh, the GE logo kind of looks funny. It looks kind of big. You're like, yeah, but it's GE. Uh, okay. You know, there's, yeah, it's, it, it, it's just harder to reconcile. I think it's, it's Harley logo. You know, I mean, they have that orange and black on a green and white jersey. It doesn't, it just doesn't jive. And like you were saying about the GE logo, the, the font's different, the styling's different. So it just, it looks like it seems a little bit ill fitting. The Nike logo is just, it's just a simple swoosh, you know, and just it's in and it's out. Um, there's some other ones. And it's white, and, so um, it can go against any background color. That's part of the genius of that marketing. You know, yeah. you can put it up against anything. You, and I will also say it was GE did do a good thing to help blend because had they stuck with their normal blue and white, it would have been, it would have been a lot more like the Harley logo. 
right? It would yes. have stuck out because of the color clash. And instead, and I will give GE a lot of props for this, they were willing to bend and make it green and white so that it didn't stick out on the uniforms that way or break the, you know, the 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 color blend. I don't know, whatever. They, 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 they bent a little <laughs> bit on the sponsorship to meet sort of the Celtics yes. halfway. And for that, yes. I think they deserve an enormous amount of credit. Yes, but they won't get any over the course of the season. People, no. by the time we get into the game. People will still complain. When you sit down, speaking of the Christmas game, you sit down with the common fan, uh, or, or, you know, the, the, I shouldn't say the common fan. I would say when you sit down with the, the casual fan, will mostly be family members who you will sit down, who might be sitting down and watch their first game of the season or their third game of the season. And they're going to sit there and they're going to say, Oh, that looks awful. What's that about? You know, and that's, you know, <laughs> that's what you're going to hear. That looks it's, awful. It's awful. Oh my gosh. You're going to hear it. You're We're right, all going to hear it, you know, but, but you're right. The color makes a big difference. And I think honestly, by the, by the time we get to a year from now, it probably won't even stand out to us nearly as much as it did. No, we won't even notice it at all. Hey, real quick, let's go to our uh, mid break here. We're going to tell you uh, about our sponsor, Zip Recruiter. It's the off season. Teams are finalizing their rosters for next year. Uh, not Cleveland. They're not final. Having the right <laughs> players on the court will be the key to success. So that outside, that sharp outside shooter or power rebounder can be the difference between winning and losing. Business isn't any different. Your company needs the right people to be the best. So where do you go to find top talent? You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to get it out on all the top job sites. And now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites and that's with just one click then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position and that's why ZipRecruiter is different unlike other job sites ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you it finds them for you and in fact over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours no more juggling your emails or calls to the office simply screen rate and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. And right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. So, John... I think the two big topics, obviously we've alluded to Kyrie Irving quite a bit during the show, but I think the other one is really Marvin Bagley, who is going to announce on ESPN. And I find this, which way do you want to go first? Before I dive right into it, do we want to talk about Kyrie or do we want to talk about Marvin here to kick I off think the we second go, half? I think we got to go Kyrie just right. because I think it's, it's where people's, it's going to have an impact from game one and on. So I think we got to go Kyrie. All right. So if we're going in that, I'll kick it off because one bit of news, originally the Celtics not reported to be on one of his list of preferred teams. But since we last did a show, David Griffin has come out and said that really Kyrie is looking. And David obviously should know, right? He's had close contact with Kyrie over the last several years. And he was unceremoniously departed <laughs> I don't know how else to put that but it definitely was it was awkward and met with canned. yeah canned Fired. he was canned and it was not met with a whole lot of positivity from the players mm-hmm. on the team either so Ooh. an so. unpopular decision uh by the front office there so one of the things David said recently was that Kyrie's list of teams included top coaching areas and then specifically said Pop and Brad Stevens. So we have always loved to compare Brad Stevens with uh, Coach Greg Popovich, and we'll gladly do that. But it seems like even uh, big competitors around the league are lumping him in with Pop as well. That's That's nice to hear. I don't know that I really want Kyrie Irving, but the fact that David Griffin made note of the fact that he was looking at teams with great coaching, mentioned the Celtics, and put them back on the list just tells you, or actually it gives this ominous feel of the shifting power 
from Cleveland to the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. Never mind all the rumors LeBron James might head to L.A. next summer. Yeah, I I think that that's that's the thing that's on the horizon that I think has impacted this most of all. I mean, probably will have said, well, he wanted to trade a couple of years ago and all that. Let's be honest, if if there was a chance that LeBron was going to stay, I think there's a much higher chance that that we don't even hear about Kyrie Irving wanting out. I think the fact that he doesn't want to be the last guy, the last rat on this on this sinking ship, and I think that's what we're talking about in Cleveland. You know, this is he's gone. He, LeBron is gone. This is a one-year deal right now for the Celtics to have to deal with whatever happens in Cleveland, and maybe it's even better than that because if you could, if you could find the Celtics, just picture this in your mind, if you will, 2010. 2010, Celtics, they're in the playoffs. The Cleveland's the best team. They, the Celtics are terrible in the regular season. You and I talked about it, complained about that team. They get in the playoffs. They play against Cleveland, who's just rolling that season. And LeBron James completely spits the bit. I mean, he sucks. He's terrible. That last game, he basically slipped, walked his way through it. This garden crowd was on him. They're yelling. They're screaming. He just checks out. On his way out of the tunnel, takes his jersey off. He's done, right? Now, can't you see? Let's just put, picture your mind's eye. Let's say, let's say Kyrie stays. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie stays, even if he stays and everything's hunky dory. Do you think, think LeBron, LeBron has always had one eye on his way out the door. Whether it's been in Cleveland the first time, even Miami the second time when they got beat by the Spurs, he was on his way out. So if Boston gets them in a close, you know, Eastern Conference final, you don't think LeBron's going to have his mind on that moving on his his next step going to LA? I think that absolutely he will be. And so when you have he that already going, does to some degree, and it's yeah. clear that these two can't coexist. But you're already taking like a real big gamble on LeBron staying because he kind of yeah. already does have one foot out the door at least. He does. And maybe that was a leveraging thing, and maybe that was the true precursor to all of this coming out between. You know, Kyrie and, and LeBron. I mean, we also heard over the last week that Kyrie didn't talk to people on the team for several days. Now, when they say didn't talk to people, you know, it's not very specific. So it makes you wonder if he has conflict with more than one person. Maybe it's not just uh, this isn't going the way I expected it to with LeBron. You guys, I started to turn this thing around. I was the man. Mm-hmm. Now LeBron's here, and he really does run the show, so I guess we don't need David Griffin. And, you know, that all of that nonsense. And so I still think that the, if I'm the team, you it's such a rock and a hard place. You can't get rid of LeBron. It would be it would be this huge mistake. You did this whole, but at the same time, if you don't get rid of LeBron, you're going you're you're in this right. situation with Kyrie, and I don't think the team is necessarily. Not only have they not handled this in a way that would probably be to Kyrie's liking, and I'm sure they're trying, but I'm yeah. just not sure that Kyrie's even going to come around. Even if LeBron did leave, and right. they said, "No, no, really, the keys are yours. Here you go." It's back to you, Kyrie. Sorry about what happened. We really like you. <laughs> you know, like this is yeah. a bad breakup. You know, they and and being forced to be in this situation, I think, is is really detrimental to the roster. And and now I think I I mean, it's not only can you see LeBron heading out to L.A. and this making it even easier for him, but yeah. can you just imagine how many times has Cleveland gone from first to worst? <laughs> like it, like. The Celtics if they win, it, right? If they win the lottery next time, I swear to God, I mean, just blow the whole <sighs> lottery up right there. I mean, honestly, that would just like would the garbage pail kid Adam bomb. That's oh, how my head is going off right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, listen, I mean, uh, just to pivot off this Kyrie thing a bit to the Celtics' involvement and and the mention and also we should mention that later on in that same conversation on the on the ESPN's the jump he also mentions that you know Gordon Gordon Hayward so it wasn't like a an offhand comment so clearly there was by That's two different points the Celtics specifically the Celtics were mentioned as a team there um 
And there seems to be a relationship with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward somehow, or at least some sort of a, there's a, there's a reason Gordon's name was mentioned specifically. And I don't know if he's friend with the flatter earth theorist or, or subscriber or whatever you want to say there. But um, I, you know, I don't know if they're close or what it is, but, but there's definitely some uh, intimation that those two know each other, like each other, have an appreciation for each other's game. There's something, yeah. there's something to that that wasn't really detailed out. There was no follow-up yeah. question to be like, why did you say Gordon Hayward specifically, right? So right. that, that right. part is still a mystery. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I, you know, I think for the Celtics, and it's been asked, and I think a lot of people come down for different reasons on this, but, you know, the idea of do you trade for, for Kyrie Irving? And for me, that it comes down to Isaiah Thomas has to be part of the deal, right? And I have too much respect and too much love, and and really the the numbers <laughs> dictate that you really should keep the difference Isaiah Thomas. isn't huge. If Kyrie Irving played defense at a more than acceptable level, mm-hmm. then yeah. this conversation would be more. Then, or this trade debate or whatever would be more acceptable to you mm-hmm. and I and the people that are faithful to Isaiah for coming in and just yes. really helping the club take a big jump at a stage where they really shouldn't have been ready to do that. So we would be much more, because of the hip and right. because of the size, if Kyrie Irving may, was an impactor at even, a, again, more than acceptable level on defense – yeah. This would be a different conversation, but I think because he's not, because you can look at the stats and say there, it's not really an upgrade, there is a reduction in age, so there is that element. But, right. you know, I feel like the trade-off is the reduction in age versus, like, the dude really thinks the earth is flat. Like, that right there is a wash. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get I over pers- it. I like. I just do I pers- not understand that. I think he's trolling everybody. He's a smart guy. Like I really don't. Oh, think you he think he's be- just playing us? I think he's screwing with everybody. I think this is like Rondo going. Maybe he to should just roll out the flat Earth brand, right? Like yeah. he should. I mean, if if Levar Ball can oh, do, yeah. you know, big baller brand, then why can't he have the flat? You know, and I mean, it would be like the easiest logo. It'd be like a line. You know, you want to talk about being able to integrate like the swoosh is just a flat if, line. If Nike can't integrate flat earth into the neck, into the Kyrie four, they're missing out. Right. I the slogan right underneath the line is Columbus sucks. We can make sure it's not Columbus, Ohio though. Depends right. on Oh yeah, team. you're right. That could be, that could, well, not if he, no, no, cause then he's just doing the, you know, the antagonistic thing. Like you think oh, he's true. playing yeah. us, right? But the minute yeah. he gets traded somewhere else, yeah. Columbus sucks could have a double meaning and that would be perfect for the brand. Who knows, I'm the right? bad guy now. Yeah. LeBron figured out how to be a bad guy, but it took him until he was 30. You know, here yeah. I am in my mid twenties and I, I've got being a bad guy down to a science. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, yeah. I, I think that he's – I would trade for him if I were the Celtics if the hip was bad. And that's the thing I think that we're still not – Only sure they about. know. And only they know. And and it seems like, you know, you, 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 you were the first one to scare me about the hip, to be honest. And <laughs> so once I – Like I freaked I you that, out or just because I kind of didn't let it go for a couple of weeks? No, because you told me, like you were telling me, for those who are new to the show, Justin, in a past life, <laughs> was a medical professional and, and knows a little, a thing or two about, uh, the, the human body and, uh, how, how bad things can happen to hips and, uh, not specifically hips, but in this case, hips were important. And so we were talking about it and, you know, just saying, you know, you were just t- saying how, you know, the hip is, my only, you know, kind of knowledge of the hip is one, Bo Jackson, okay, and two, right. just every old person that breaks their hip dies shortly thereafter. So, <laughs> that I don't think the statistics but, would bear that out, but I can understand how no. that's like the, like you're, it's dangerous. There's no doubt yeah. it's, it, it, it is a dangerous injury for people with fragile bones in, in their elder years. But uh, I'm sorry I scared you. I think the scary part for me is the lacking details. That was why there was such a wide range of possibilities. Now, I know he said he's going to rehab it 
seems like he's playing on it now and without restrictions. So that's extremely, extremely encouraging. And I will also say, if you can avoid surgery, you probably should. If there's a way to rehab, you know, any injury without having to do surgery, no problem. Mike, my biggest concern is because we don't know what the injury is, can it reoccur? I mean, think about how many times he goes to the floor in a season. And while Gordon Hayward should help with the scoring load and whatnot, it's still a big part of Isaiah Thomas's game and effectiveness. Yep. You can't take that away. The man is going to hit the floor this season for sure. Bank on it. Yeah. And with that in mind, if there's a chance that he can re-injure it and then he's out for extended periods of time, that scares me. And then especially if him going to the floor does wind up him needing surgery, I really don't think you're going to end up seeing him play. But there's a wide – and this, again, there is just such a wide range of possibilities when the only information we have is hip injury. So, you know, it, it – it, the only reason I thought it was serious was because they mentioned that he was contemplating surgery. So it's got to be serious enough that it might be treated with surgery, but again, it could be minor surgery. It could have been a laparoscopic surgery for all I know. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And the other, the other kind of piece of this is that with the new medical staff, or new training staff, I should say, um, sports science, and so it adds a quite a bit bit more mystery in this mix because we started, you know, certainly with the old reliable and the guys we knew and the way that they had operated for years and years and years. And now we're really entering a brave new world with all of this. And in fact, I saw a photo the other day of him working out with the Celtics new trainer, Art Horn. So there's clearly some things that are already going in place to try to get him on whatever this new system is that they're going to be using. We just don't know a whole lot of details about what that is. I hope there'll be an opportunity sometime between now and the start of training camp where the Celtics will roll some of this out at least. But it seems like a lot of sports science stuff generally across the league isn't talked about because I think teams feel like that's the place where they can get an edge. It's very hard to get an edge in terms of the money and the CBA. Everyone knows what's available on Synergy and and the different uh, sport view and all yeah, the, the different data head, available. The Data heads are unsatisfied, right? They whatever they're willing to track, they can have. Yep, absolutely. They can't track this stuff because of you know it's their people's medical information. So this is where they can get a better handle on situation than their competitors can. And and the Celtics, being a forward thinking organization, very progressive organization, and and now having this new GE situation and the new training uh, uh, center that's going to be open next next fall. They've got everything kind of lined up to really make a major shift. Shift. The problem is the franchise player has a bad hip, and we're not really sure exactly how this is going to play out. Hopefully you know, it's a good thing. They could potentially grab some data and just blind you know, the identity. However, because there's a small population, it would be hard for somebody to look at something as a physician and if it was tagged to a team or a season. So if they were to collect that health data and, you know, they would have to put that obviously in the contract if they wanted to start advancing that to another level, uh, they'd probably have to take it over several years. They'd have to blind it. They'd have to, you know, it's all about setting up the data to collect the right information so that when you mine it, it makes sense. And they might even be able to do something partnership wise with multiple different sports with similar types of injuries. And then if they could measure objective things like, you know, running the 50 or you see what I'm getting at. Like, is there a, at the 12 month mark, here are the things that we want to assess to see, you know, what kind of a drop off there is with this type of injury and this type of treatment. So I think and they may already be doing some of that. It's just to, to what degree and, you know, how well they protect people's identity. Listen, we got about seven minutes left. We have to talk about Marvin Bagley. We look at this draft class that's coming. It is really, really, really strong already. We have Michael Porter, uh, Muhammad Bamba. Those are two taller players, DeAndre Ayton. Um, they're taller players. Really, Bamba and Ayton are the ones that would be playing the center role that I think everybody wants to see the Celtics go out and get. We're hoping that uh, we do have a player already in our midst with Zizic uh, potentially playing that, but certainly some depth. And I don't think as, as much as I'm encouraged and excited about seeing Zizic, 
I'm not sure that he's at the uh, Bamba Aiton level. And, and that's where really this upcoming season. But that's two solid centers, and you and I know how coveted centers have been. It's just the type of center, the profile for the NBA's center has changed quite a lot in the last 15 years. But Bagley is six foot ten, six foot eleven, same age as the other incoming freshman. Is about to make a decision on if he's going to commit to playing college ball, and then ultimately will elect for the draft. But that puts three legit center position players or power forward centers on the taller side towards seven feet in this draft that are probably in the top at least five, if not top six. Mm-hmm. got to like the Celtics' chances of grabbing one of those players unless they go one, two, three, and even then you have to like the Celtics' chances of being able to pick in the top three of this draft. Well, well that's – and that's – you're right. That's the thing, right? So you've got you got two shots at it, likely. I, I think likely. I don't think the Lakers – the first thing you gotta talk about is the fact I don't think the, the Nets or the Lakers have gotten tremendously better to the point where they're still not gonna be among the worst five, the worst five teams in the league. I think they're still gonna be in that mix. I think the Nets, yes, they added it a little bit, that helps. The Lakers had it a little bit, that helps. But they're still not- And Philly should better. make a, at least a 10 win improvement. Just, oh my god. Just yeah. based on Reddick yeah. and guys, I mean, and I mean even if people are still injured. So you're right. I, I agree. Right. I'm not sure the Lakers and the Nets have improved that much, but then you take a team like Philly that would have been challenging Boston potentially for that last spot due to tanking and other factors and injuries, and they're really not. So that actually increases that likelihood. I agree. Yeah, and I think the other – so you take take the situation where if they're still in that mix, you get really two shots. You got Porter, uh, Bagley, Aiton, Bomba. Five, four out of the five right there. Luka Doncic being the fifth guy, probably in that mix of, of the top five, potential top one situation. All five could help the Celtics. Certainly the bigs are probably the area most in need of, on the Celtics roster. Um, even with, uh, you know, the addition of Yabaselli and, and Zizic, it's not enough. And so you need to bolster it somewhere. You've got, you know, just about, you've got stars on the wing. You know, potential future stars and, and Brown and, and Tatum. Now you add your big or two bigs. Uh, because you could put an Aiden next to a Porter or you could put a Bomba next to a Bagley. Um, there's just, it's ridiculous. But Bagley, let's talk about Bagley because Bagley's the guy that I think is that cut above. I think right now, most of the guys who are watching this, they look at the Bagley top of the tier then Porter, and then the rest of those guys. Uh, and I don't want to sleep too much on Doncic, who's had a good summer playing Slovenia. Um, the, the starting point guard on Real Madrid has blown out his leg, has blown out his knee. So Doncic may be sliding over to play point guard as an 18-year-old in the ECB and EuroLeague, which is the second best leagues in the world. So if he's able to do that, he's going to rise up the the charts, but Bagley. But how has long that can this team? Stuff. How long can this team fill in at the four or five with guys that are, you know? Well, I mean, look, we I'm, I'm not trying to remember. crap on Baines or Morris, but I mean, to have a to have a not maybe maybe not quite as good as Embiid by any means, but maybe a player that when you match up against Philly in the future. Mm-hmm could at least give Embiid a little bit of a run for his money would be a really essential piece of the puzzle for the long term. Right. Well, you got two shots. So so even if you add one, again, you're not it's not traditional bigs. So you're not playing two guys next to each other, you're traditional bigs. If you got a porter, you, you aren't what I'm saying is you wouldn't take Bamba and Aiden. Those are two traditional bigs center style players. You can put Porter and Aiden next together. You can put Bamba and Bagley Different categories, right? Um, to get an Aiton and a bomb or a Bomba and get one of the other three is probably the ideal because it allows you to kind of check all the boxes in kind of a traditional, you know, fill your areas of need mix. But we know Danny doesn't do that. He picks, he picks, he picks the best player available, even in the situation of Tatum. So even if 2K doesn't understand that. So <laughs> I think, I think. You know, that Bagley though is, he's a guy they've been watching, people have been watching since he's 15 years old. And, and you, you brought up the idea, you know, the, the name of LeBron and, and LeBron being a guy people watch forever and ever and ever. I don't think he's at 
at that like supernova level, but he's certainly at that next tier below in terms of what people have been looking at. I'm not sure he's going to be that type of player in college. I, you know, it's way too early. We heard similar things about Harry Giles a year ago. We heard things about Shabazz Muhammad two years, you know, three, four, five years ago. The you know, names at this point don't matter a whole lot until they get into the college game. If Bagley goes to Duke, which I think he's going to because I'm a Duke fan, and if he goes there and they win a national championship, he's going to be the number one player, and, and he, the hype's going to be ridiculous. But the same is true if he goes to UCLA or even maybe USC, probably as a lesser level. Um, he's got a chance to be special, I think. But I think you don't – again, it's one of those situations – Porter and Aiton, Celtics can't lose. But if they get a guy like Bagley, he's unquestionably, he's not a Fultz, Tatum type of star where it seems like a pretty good chance they'll be good. This is like almost lock of the day that this guy's going to be a star. That's the type of role where Bagley is, which is, you know, you can probably list the number of guys in the last 15 years who have been that. Probably Dwight Howard, LeBron, um, Anthony Davis, maybe. And then you have players like Greg Oden, who really was slotted as being just as, I mean, look at Kevin Durant, pretty transcendent player, yeah. right? One of the top, yeah. he just had one injury kind of down year, but other than that, he's really been dominant. Greg Oden was supposed to be the same way, speaking of leg injuries. And, you know, here's a guy that didn't quite make it, but you're right. There's only so many that people have been watching since a young age who could, you know, be at that, that LeBron level. It just seems weird to me, and I don't want to take this like down a crazy path, but it, like the, the, the whole ESPN like announcing it thing is just awkward. And, and not to mention in this scenario, it's recycled. Yeah. Well, they do it for colleges. I mean, which college you're going to go to. It, I mean, oh my God, signing day for college football. I mean, that's just a whole nother level, you know? So the fact that he's, it, it's not as crazy as it sounds. I think the fact that he's so, he, not only is he going from being high school senior to the college, you know, he's going from a high school junior to freshman in college in like, and they usually announce That's a weird. lot earlier and all of a sudden yeah, there's yeah. like this last minute push. Let's get him into summer classes and let's do it. it this is, it's unprecedented in, in terms of its timing of bound around when recruits tend to make their, you know, announcement of where they're committed to playing. And yes. it's, it it's definitely nuanced, but um, I still think it's a little awkward. I'll, I'll give him a pass. I mean, you know what, <laughs> if you live up to the hype, don't think – look at Cleveland, right? He did the decision on TV. Right. He goes to Miami, so he spurns him, and yet they still welcome him with open arms. So if the Celtics get the number one pick next year and it's Marvin Bagley, it's certainly – I'm not going to remember this conversation or tonight's announcement on ESPN right. and go, no, nah, forget it. I don't want him. You know, it's a little bit different, you know, not putting it into flat earth category, right? I'm not not holding that against anybody. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, but look, if for the Celtics, there is nothing better than have as many talented players in the 2018 draft as possible. That's the, whether they take them or not, it's the best thing possible. Because if the Pelicans think they can get two of these guys and that changes their franchise, that may be a best thing going. That is a fantastic point. That may be what can actually get the deal done. If that's where the organization is at at that point, it's hard. It's there's just too much conversation going on. The smoke where there's smoke, there's fire type of deal. I think it's definitely in play here. So you're right. That ought to entice a team. And once again, they'd have to wait and see where the picks land. Do they come to fruition? You know, the whole is it going to wind up being Sacramento's next year type of thing? So we'll work through all of that and we'll see. And it could be a, a big trade chip for certain, but. The other piece of this conversation, the reason you would want to trade those two for an Anthony Davis or why you would want to utilize those picks and have a number of good big men available is of all the players that are integral to the team's success right now, there's only one that's older, and it's Al Horford, and we're already thin in that front court. So this is a dream draft 
for the Celtics. And once again, I don't think they're going to feel any urgency to make a deal for anybody other than Anthony Davis with these picks. Otherwise, they're going to go the Tatum route. They're just going to go ahead and make that pick. They're going to go the Jalen Brown route. They're going to go ahead and make that selection without even feeling bad about it or no hesitation. They'll That's just right. continue on the course and, and, Quite frankly, I'm fine with that too. Obviously, I'm willing to make that move for Anthony Davis because he's young. Hayward's young. Like this team is still young. And you're definitely going to keep a couple of players. If you're trading away two top five picks or top four picks, top three picks, whatever it is in a loaded draft, if you're trading that away, you're not have to, you don't have to throw in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and, you know, everybody else on the roster that's young right. to get the deal done. You can actually keep some of these players that will grow into roles. And I also like the Celtics chances of balancing the roster with, you know, the trade slash the picks, like, because they can do any kind of mix. Like if all of a sudden, you know, New Orleans says, well, we just, there's only one player in this draft we really have our hearts set on, but we do want a Jalen Brown or we do want Jason Tatum in addition to that because mm-hmm. now we've got a player that's got a year under their belt and right. we'll just accelerate that in. We have a pretty good idea of what they're going to look like against the rest of the NBA. I still feel like the Celtics could do that without, you know, really harming their plan for the future. That makes Anthony, the Anthony Davis potential trade is one that really fits into that. We want to win now, but we also want to make sure we're taking care of the future. That's right. Cause he fits with both, both ends. He's so good now. He can play with the older players, but he's so young and he's signed for so long that he ends up, he actually can still play through with whoever's left of the young players, whether it's Tatum or Brown or yeah, any of those guys. Yeah. But Sally, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunities for those guys there. I'm, I, I think it's a great situation and now we just need the Pelicans to understand that and make the deal. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember, you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love a rating and a review because your feedback is important to our show. And a quick reminder that today's show was brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. They've got a great deal for all of you listeners, but most importantly, you would be supporting our show and the entire network. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.